You're listening to Electioneering with Mark Lucas and me, Dominic Mingella. Between us, we've had a hand in campaign films and strategy for centre-left parties in dozens of elections in the UK and beyond. The campaigning for the next general election in the UK has effectively already begun, and between now and polling day, whenever that should be, we bring our presentational perspective to what the parties are doing and what we think they should be doing to win hearts, minds and votes. In this short episode, we compare Johnson's performance in front of the Parliamentary Standards Committee with that of TikTok CEO Sho Zi Chu in front of Congress. We wish we'd given bolder advice to Gordon Brown, and we enjoy a guest appearance from Bean the Pomapoo. Can I ask you another thing, and you may not want to talk about it, but if we were doing our thing, our sort of image-conscious thing, yeah, for Boris Johnson at the at his hearing this week at the Parliamentary Standards Committee, what would we have told him to do and what would what would he what should he have done differently? Oh god, I think you're gonna have a better answer. <laughs> no, I've got no answer. <laughs> it's a question I'd I mean I think he he you know, I mean I've always thought he made to fool himself all day long, but you know, clearly at some level he doesn't I thought he was very unattractive when he lost his temper. I thought it was very clear that he intended to respect the committee if they exonerated him and not if they didn't. He looked like a, you know, spoiled brat, actually. You know, how dare you have a go at me when actually I'm a very important man and I was doing very important stuff. Don't bother me with your petty little regulations about whether I could or couldn't have a drink with my staff. Fuck you. And... Well, I can answer it in a different way because I actually I, I don't even like looking at Boris Johnson, no, let alone no. thinking about him. But there were two there were two hearings this week. Uh, so that one, and then show from TikTok who did his um, uh, Congress um, interrogation. That's a dog. It's a dog. Beans come. <laughs> oh, dog, the dog is wants here. to come into the chat. She'll bark her head off though. Will she? I oh. think she will, yeah. Don't want to let her in. Well, maybe once she's in, she'll stop barking. So we'll try let her in, yeah. All right. She's crying, so... Is it Bean? Is it Bean? It is Bean. Come on then, darling. Come in. <laughs> Bean's got a ball. Hello, we've got a ball. Come on then. There's Mark here. There's Mark's here. He's all excited. Oh. Mark is here, Bean. <laughs> Um, so there were two hearings. <laughs> Come on, two old men. What do you call two old men? Two men and a dog. And That's a, what we should be called. And a dog. <laughs> dog is heavy breathing. I don't think. I, I want to get rid of the dog because I want to talk about okay. uh, what. Uh, the only thing is, I think it's only Georgie here, and the, he won't play with Bean. Georgie, can you play with Bean? George? Georgie? George? Can you play with Bean because we can't record while she's in the room? Thanks, love. She tried. Yeah, is it? What was the thing we were going to talk about? There was one more thing we were going to actually talk about. I think probably really brief. It was... um, what advice 
with our expertise, what would we have said to Boris Johnson? Oh, very quickly, yes. So there were two things this week, two hearings or whatever. I'm not really interested in it, but I'll tell you what, show, that show from TikTok was a masterclass in how to handle and how to present yourself in a difficult situation. It was up against 15 um, senators, congressmen. They all wanted to kill him, basically have a pop at him, and he walked out and they were all on the floor. Mm. And he did it because he was, first of all, he was polite. He kept his call, even against the stupid, most stupid questions. He, he sounded like he was genuinely interested in answering the questions. You know, he was genuinely trying, honestly trying to answer them. And he said quite a few times, I actually don't know the answer to that, so can I get back to you? Mm. And he felt like as close as he could be, not an ordinary guy, but, a, you know, a decent person who was honestly trying to address the questions that they had. And it, during the course of it, because obviously the whole thing is in a way about, OK, are China really ruling TikTok and are they invading our privacy and our mm. homes and all mm. of that? He just kept saying, I'm Singaporean. Mm. I'm the Singaporean CEO of a worldwide company. And straight after, he was on, he was doing little bits to camera himself in a hoodie, not in a suit. Yeah. Saying, you know, hi, you don't, probably don't know me, I'm show, I'm head of TikTok. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say what I did today and it was quite interesting to go and have a look. And mm. but what I've tried to do is, is be really honest and open. Clever. And it's so simple, but so effective. Mm. Uh, and these Congress people who thought they were going to catch him out look like the biggest idiots of all time. Yeah. And then you look at Boris and he wants to make, he feels like he's trying to make idiots of people all the time. Mm. And it doesn't feel honest. Mm. And once you know it's not honest, you can't, you can't no. go back, can you, sort no. of thing. I don't know what you made of it. I think he looked like someone who'd been to debating school and would try anything to slither out of responsibility, you know, like a kid who been in a fight at school and try anything, say anything to, for you to let, not put me in detention or send me home to my parents. It was like that. And it just left, you know, I found it, I found it very, very weak. And, um, um, I want, left me wondering why he's so desperate. Why is he so desperate? He's been the prime minister. He's not realistically going to be the prime minister again. And it, it must've been awful for him. He wasn't very good at it. And, you know, he's going to give, give out all the patronage he's going to give out anyway. He's going to get all the after-dinner speeches that he's going to get anyway. Um, I suppose if he is disgraced and were to stand in, you know, and were to be um, stood down and have to fight a by-election for his seat and he, he might look a bit pathetic and that might harm his earning power later on. But I, you can already see a, a sort of martyr narrative coming out Anyway, yeah, so yeah. I think he's going to be... He'll be all right. I think he should just move on and let it go. To, and it looks pathetic and desperate. But how would I have advised him? I think, well, you've just given the answer, right? The TikTok guy, that's how to do it, not the way Boris did it. What, you, you know, I think particularly genius, the videos afterwards, put your hoodie on and look right for that particular sort of audience 
super smart, fantastic. But what it reminded me of, and I don't think we've ever discussed this, was an idea I had way back when um, we were trying to help Gordon Brown to the worst defeat in Labour's history. Um, don't think the hoodie would have saved him. <laughs> yeah, I said, why not put a hoodie on, man? You know? <laughs> no, I had an idea which nobody responded to, and I was embarrassed about it, so I didn't say any more, which was I said, at the end of each day's campaigning why don't we give Gordon a phone... You know, it was before the days of TikTok and basically do a video diary and say, I've been here today and what I've been struck by is... And what I'm trying to say to people is is this. And I've seen the problems of the people in Macclesfield and um, we've got to make sure that our government doesn't forget. That, you know, while we've had all this stuff to deal with, the financial crisis and all that stuff that we aren't forgetting to move ordinary people's lives on... But it was basically a video diary to make him look um, approachable because he seemed a long way from... But when you meet him, he's a good guy, and but he didn't look like that. At the time, he looked like a technocrat. And yeah. his arguments, in, for instance, in the debates of the prime ministerial debates, Cameron had um, and, and Nick had great, simple ideas that they put forward. And he was on the back foot trying to defend his, his government. And... And because so, he's got a brain the size of a planet, he would say, well, we've, we've increased this by 0.1%. And another thing we've done is we've taken 2.3% of people out of, out of the tax take altogether. And another thing we've done is, and we go on until somebody stopped him. And the net effect of that was just to hear a noise and not to see a person. So I was thinking, is there any way at all we can get past the prime ministerial front and get back to being a human being and I don't know there's something about and I you know you know this is one of my things is directness of connection which is you know ironically this time Boris in front of a jury just revealed kind of actually who he really is Mm. and he couldn't do his personal direct style down the pub style because he's in court you know one way or another he couldn't say listen guys you know you and between you and me course we're gonna sometimes open a bottle of wine you know at the end of a hard day when we're fighting we're fighting a pandemic and you know all the stuff was going on guy you can't say that he couldn't say it because he'd been caught out lying and so he couldn't use his direct that's his that's his super skill he couldn't use it um i mean what you say right is now so obvious that you should have done that gordon mm. And even if he was a bit bumbling on it, mm. it still would have changed a bit how you, you saw him and how you felt about him. A bit. Mm. And maybe a lot. And, of course, he wouldn't have been in a hoodie. But actually, when you think back to Clegg, Cameron versus Brown, Brown looked like someone from the 1950s, didn't mm. he? And spoke mm. like someone from mm. the 1950s. And they mm. felt like they were a new generation of people coming through. And you never felt that you knew Gordon, apart from he was a bloke who was having a go at that woman. That's really what you kind of took from that last mm. campaign. And well, yet, what a brain. And yet, what an interesting bloke. And yeah. what a great character. And yeah. what a sense of humour. Yeah. And there are so many things that we never got to see. Yeah. And, exactly. And i tell you what, it, even having been allowed slightly somewhat inside the tent, when you saw him and his kids and Sarah walking down, leaving Downing Street, 
we're like, oh my God, he's a, he's a guy with a family. And, and you know, actually there actually was a real person there and a real family yeah. there. And they're out. And you had no, he'd never played the family card, even though all the traumas that they had. And I 100% respect that. But actually you didn't get a sense of a family person. And how dignified he walked mm. out. And mm. how clearly substantial his love and deep his love for his family mm. you could just tell just by looking at them was yeah. you know yeah and yeah fair play to him for not playing on that but at the same time there was a whole it hidden was world of Gordon it Brown that we never got to know that's my point I think it's what you were saying too it was just a shock mm. and without playing the family card to reveal your humanity he could have done that and found a way to communicate directly he could have done, yeah. Yeah. It would have been brilliant. I don't know. I don't know why. I didn't have the cur- the courage to try and force a conversation about it. It's funny, isn't it? Some things at the time, you know they're the right thing to do, but it's often very hard to try and make them happen or see how they can even happen. And then afterwards you think, that was so obviously a good idea, you know. Mm. That so obviously would have mm. worked. And... It was 2010 then, you know, we have a different relationship to people recording to camera, you know. And it was febrile atmosphere and all of that. But nevertheless, the fact that there isn't enough space actually to have that kind of a conversation or... It's kind of what we're talking about. ...is so Mm. terrible and so damaging for Mm. our cause. Mm. Mostly when people talk about strategy and politics, it's actually just tactics. It's little small tactical things Mm. that they pretend are strategy Mm. in lieu of an actual strategy. Mm. And we can see this coming down the line with Starmer. Sunex made his five promises. He might might actually fulfil them, you know, he Mm. might well do. And Mm. he wouldn't have made them if he didn't think he was going to. Mm. And he feels a bit fresher now than Starmer. Mm. And he will get a few things done and he will, I'm sure, keep that right-wing populism thing kind of bubbling under somewhere Mm. in his story. Mm. But basically, he's quite a nice bloke who can get things done. What is our our counter to that? Yeah. Because you can't say our bloke is a good bloke who's going to get things done. No, no. What do you say, and who is thinking about that, and how do you bring that, more importantly, not just to think it, but to bring it to life in pictures and words and stories and ideas out, yeah, yeah. out in, it, in the world? Plant it into the minds of voters. There's a good old barking in the background there. Bean wants to be in our podcast. Good old Bean. Yeah. In the last 15 years... Labour has not not succeeded in any of this. We've lost to a series of rubbish prime ministers. Mm. Cameron, May, mm. Johnson, Truss. Are we going to give us? Are we going to allow the possibility that we lose to the sort of heir to all of that, Sunak? Mm. If we don't think a bit more deeply about how we're doing this, and we don't put into place some practical ways of presenting and getting our message out that are more effective, we are sorely in danger again, mate. We're mm. sorely in danger. Mm. I think that's right. That is 
that's sort of why we're here, isn't it? And why we keep coming back, even though we should both be going off on anything. Doing our own thing, yeah. Yeah. Unbearableness of seeing, the unbearability of seeing decent politics outmanoeuvred. You know, decent people and decent politics outmanoeuvred. And what that means for everybody in this country, you know, barring a very, very, very elite few. And don't we on the left sort of feel that? We feel we've constantly been outmanoeuvred by them. Mm. They haven't got the ideas, they haven't got the good people, they haven't got the ideas for the... Co- they haven't got anything. No. And yet they outmanoeuvre us time and time again. Mm. We're, we're being outmanoeuvred by Muppets, and mm. it's very frustrating. And I'm sure people get know they feel that, right? Mm. How could May win an election? Yeah. How, could, how could Truss have been Prime Minister? You know, this is... The rest of the world are wondering what the bloody hell has gone on here. Yeah. And yet again, we're in danger of being outmanoeuvred. And that's a wrap. You've been listening to Electioneering with Mark Lucas and me, Dominic Mingella, and Bean the Pomapoo. Electioneering is an Island Pictures production and our audio ident is composed by Andy Price.